live. In pre-market trading, it's not always easy to figure out like what to do, what's the right move. But sometimes it's easy to figure out what's the wrong move. Berkshire Hathaway up $25 on no news. Well, it had news, but nothing we didn't already know. We'll cover that. A few other earnings. Domino's Pizza delivers again. Lee Auto trading into green. Folks, it's Monday. It's pre-market prep. You may think it's a boring market, but we're ready for you. Welcome to Benzinga's pre-market prep. This is a volatile puppy here. It's all about execution styles and strategies. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Starting out in the red, kind of where we were on Friday after the after-hours action, just down about five handles, just under 5,100. The buck back under 104, down 18 cents at 103.68. Bonds up a quarter point, trying to get away from the low of the move at 110, 119 and 10, 30 seconds. Crude backing off down 37 cents at 76.12. Gold down 720. 2042.20 silver in the red by 40 cents. Whoa, at uh, 2258. Bitcoin up $80 at 51,830. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D. I hope you got up at uh, five to four this morning. Yeah, it would have been nice to be up at 4 a.m. and selling Berkshire Hathaway at $440 a share. I have no idea what people are doing, but if you can learn a lesson here, um, yep. I'll give you a little bit of history. Bring Ryan Faluna in on here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Happy Monday, boys. Happy Monday out there in viewer land. How's it going? Pretty good. We're just going to uh, do a little teaching lesson here on chasing stocks at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, I used to, so history, I traded the 4 a.m. open for the better part of probably a decade when I was younger, like a lot younger. So I'm talking when I was like probably 30 years old to like 30 to 40 years old, about 30 years old to 40 years old. I would wake up, set the alarm at 345, make sure, you know, I had the majority of the news, you know, like looking through, knowing what's going on, prep myself basically in 10 minutes for the 4 a.m. open. At the 4 a.m. open, if stuff was just ridiculously dumb, like overbought to a ridiculous level, I would short it. Um, and it was mostly like arbitrage stuff. Like it was like just opportunities even within arbitrage at that 4 a.m. open where you'd have a stock trading up or the market's trading down or something like that. And there was great opportunity. Apparently that opportunity still exists here because somebody's buying Berkshire Hathaway at $440 this morning. $440 of 23. Okay. One, Berkshire Hathaway is not a meme stock. Two, Berkshire Hathaway is not even, you know, a one company and they just did really well. It's a portfolio of companies that historically trades with the S&P to a certain extent. I've never in my 25-year professional trading career seen Berkshire Hathaway trade up 6% and the S&Ps are trading down. I've never seen that happen. And further to that, I was like, when I woke up, and I woke up late at like 6.30, I saw Berkshire Hathaway is trading 4.35, so it was already five or six points off, 4.34. The first thing I did was, I'm like, well, this, they must have did a buyback, because I got a lot of cash. 
I bet they announced a buyback. It can't be up that much on on just their earnings report because Berkshire Hathaway, we know the companies they own. Yeah, it was record earnings, but you know it's going to be record earnings for Berkshire. I have record earnings every quarter. So I'm like, it must be a buyback. So I'm literally coming in looking for, you know, the buyback news. I'm like, there's no buyback. There's nothing. There's nothing except the earnings report. I'm like, this is up 20 points on Ber- on their earnings that we know about. I'm like, this is the craziest thing ever. So I did short stock. Um, I've already covered because up 1% now is reasonable. So now it's over 15 points off from those highs. So lesson to be learned here. One, if your company's as big as Berkshire Hathaway and it's a portfolio of companies, it's like an ETF basically. You know, it's not traded, but you know, like it's not going to have the, you know, the same, you know, the, the same, you know, redemption and, and cre- creation redemption that an ETF has to keep it perfectly in line with the holdings. But it still trades kind of with the holdings. The holdings didn't go up 6%, folks, overnight. <laughs> they didn't go up 6% overnight. So it's reasonable to be up 1%, you know, good earnings, record earnings, got a lot of cash, a lot, a lot, a lot. That's reasonable. I still wouldn't buy it up 7 bucks, But I definitely wouldn't buy it up 17 I definitely wouldn't buy it up 23 So if you're coming in at 4 in the morning and you're buying stocks just because you're like, this is the story of the day I got to get in there, you're doing it backwards, folks. The 4 a.m. trade is the fade trade. We, I remember they did a video on this with me talking about it like five years ago. The 4 a.m. trade is historically usually the fade trade because people come in. There's no liquidity. It's not market makers out there. So if you want to really buy something, you got to really go high. And then maybe somebody else that's a professional trader who's actually got you know, a little bit more information than you or just you know, not delusional like you will maybe short it to you. But bottom line, don't chase stocks at 4 a.m. when liquidity is at its lowest point. Okay, uh, 168 billion in cash, right? I mean, I, I mean, I guess a good thing or bad thing. Just think about its top. You know, Apple kind of been stuck in the mud. You know, recently, Oxy not doing much. But uh, the main thing, just and uh, and we can move on after this, is sure. that the average true range, the nine day average true true range. For Berkshire, Dennis, what do you think it is? A couple bucks. Uh, Three it's bucks? Five bucks. Oh, it's five bucks. Well, because it's a 400 and we've been moving right. around on the S&P. Right. But it really moves around with, you know, a- again, there's been this separation happening and I haven't understood it for a while where Berk just goes up no matter what. I tr- tweeted about it last week. I'm like, it's like it used to trade with Apple. You know, I used to trade Burke with Apple. Apple would be down. Burke would be down a little bit. The arbitrage guys are just like, we don't touch this thing anymore because it just does its own thing. It's not respecting any type of, you know, looking at the nav and looking at the holdings. The reason it trades the Apple because it's roughly 25% of its overall holdings. People say, no, you're wrong. It's 50%. But no, half of the companies in Berkshire Hathaway are private. Hard to value them. They get a rough value that about half the company's private, about half of its publicly traded companies. So half of the publicly traded companies is Apple. Apple has not had a good 2024. It's down on the year. It's one of the only stocks down on the year of the tech stocks. Berkshire Hathaway is 25% of its money in Apple, but they don't give a crap. Berkshire Hathaway is up 15% on the year. It's like a separation happening that is just completely insane. I have no idea why. I think eventually it will come back in, but it almost feels like today was like upside capitulation, Joel. And again, you can't say it's upside capitulation when it's 4,000 shares trading it up there at $440. Yeah, $4,000 It just feels like 440 was complete and utter nonsense. I love Warren Buffett. I love investing in Berkshire Hathaway. It's been one of the best long-term investments ever. Right now, 
this is completely irrationally overextended. I'm not saying it's a gimme short of 425, but a 440 this morning when it was up 23 bucks, that's about as easy of a layup as you're going to get. I wasn't up at 4 a.m., unfortunately. Um, and just one thing of note here, I mean, fading a move like Dennis shorted it, it was like his instinct, you know, if you're newer to after hours or pre-market trading, you know, maybe using it to exit a trade, you know, maybe you whatever, whatever broker, if you had a target at 435 and you saw the news is over the weekend that we saw it over the weekend, I said, you know, Dennis, well, 168 billion in cash, he's probably getting 5% on that. That's not as great as the market. Uh, but using it to uh, exit trades, you know, if you're newer as opposed to initiating. Also, you got to have a broker that will allow you to do it. If you don't have a broker that doesn't allow you to do it, then you either got to put some more money in your account or find a new broker because there are some good opportunities. But that four really thousand shares. Yeah, and, and and again, that is a lesson. I think you know you want to be able to trade some of these hours, but again, you got to get up. It takes a toll on your health. The reason I don't trade four a.m. anymore, if people are asking, is because it's just too hard on. Like I would wake up at three forty-five and then try to go back to sleep after the four a.m. open, like four. And you couldn't. But then you're kind of pumped and you're kind of like awake. <laughs> So then you're like, so I'm just not sleeping enough and it's taking its toll on my health. And maybe that's why I have health problems now too. So maybe you shouldn't wake up before I am to trade. But if you want to make it. money, I made a lot of money, folks. I mean, a lot of money over the years fading 4 a.m. moves. I never added it all up, but I can pretty much guarantee you that I did well at 4 a.m. Not by chasing moves, but by fading irrational exuberance. I'll take it from Alan Greenspan. That's pretty awesome, Dennis. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like pre-market trading. I'm with Joel. I use that to maybe close a position if it reaches one of my target or something like that. Sure. But I don't like opening new positions. That's a nice little fade there in the morning. Okay, uh, let's move on with some other earnings uh, that we have here. We had Domino's reporting earnings today. They had a mixed report. Uh, EPS 448 beats the 437 estimate, so a beat there. But sales, $1.4 uh, misses the $1.42 estimate, so a little bit of a mixed report there. They did say uh, same-store sales growth 2.8%, international same-store sales growth 0.1%. They did an additional buyback of a billion, and they raised the quarterly dividend 25% to $1.51. Uh, Domino's Pizza is one of the best-run fast food franchises ever. And, you know, give Kramer some props here, too, because this is one of his darlings, too. Like, we we, we beat on him sometimes. We give him love sometimes. We You know, that's what we do on pre-market prep. You're hot. We're, we're back in you. You're not. And we kind of make fun of you a little bit. But I'll tell you, Jim Kramer has been hot. Um, Domino's Pizza, new all-time highs. Um, this stock just continues to. Oh, actually, sorry, I take it back. Not multi. No, it's not. Ryan said the same thing too. Ryan yep. said the same I thing. I thought it was because we look at a two-year chart and it's all-time <laughs> highs. But 2021 was there when the bubble of all bubbles again. You know, Domino's <laughs> Pizza was probably trading 50 times earnings because ah, oh, you just got to buy everything and got buy pizza value. Yeah, it's coming what, back. What, Great what were we going to do for pizza during COVID if Domino's wasn't delivering? Of well, course there you they had go. to go to 500. <laughs> there you go. And they had it even written on the boxes. Remember, Ryan? They had it written yep. on the boxes. No touch. You know, like it was something like a little sticker that said no touch. Contact service, whatever. free delivery. Con that makes me wonder. No what touch were they free doing? delivery. What were they doing before that? Were they touching the pizza? Uh, anyway, I yeah, digress. They, they may they maybe were touching the pizza. Is it, is it time hands. for my uh... pizza with your bare hands? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what the world come to? Is it time for my uh, Domino's pizza story when I was in yes. college? Oh, okay. yes. 
Hell yeah, it is. So when my senior year in college, they used to have free delivery if it wasn't there within 30 minutes. Okay. And so we would order when we knew it was a busy time. And we lived on a one-way street. So we used to go down to the end (laughs) of the street and park our car. Okay. And they they would block it. Oh, would... that's so dirty, Joel. That is so dirty, that is Joel. so dirty. That's totally a Joel move right there. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you did that. And, and so they, but if we did, I mean, it depends. But if, you that's know, it's so dirty. You well, block. It's common but you sense. know what? We teach this training is about the edge. That was the edge, eh, Joel? To get the extra 30 minutes. You block the one-way street. They can't get through. So he's running down the street. Is that what he's doing? He's running down the street trying to get to you before the 30 minutes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it worked a couple times, but we would also give a big tip. Uh, oh, okay, like well, that. that's good. Because I made a... him run down the street. <laughs> arbitrage Joel. Arbitrage Joel. Arbitrage the pizza. I love it. a 30-minute delivery here. Well, Crazy. I guess if you woke up uh, early, uh, this didn't trade its high because this didn't and have the news until later but once again 500 shares they took it to 467 and now you're back at 454 i I wonder if you wrote here academics or you know people you know that are working on papers um i've never seen one but i wonder you know if what the percentage of highs set like in that 4 a.m like between 4 and 4.20 a.m. on stocks oh. that have news, what the percentage of highs is during that time. Because people are so excited in so many different times. Remember the Kathy days, Ryan, when she would just announce that she owned a stock and it would pop 20% of 4 yep. a.m.? Like, I mean, you know, and obviously, you know, that doesn't happen at all. When Kathy announces something, nobody even subscribes to the letter anymore because it doesn't move at all. Sometimes it goes down because she bought it. But, I mean, it would pop. So Kathy Wood bought this stock. It's a new position. Buy it up 25% because Kathy knows all. Those are just the crazy times. And then one of two things would happen. It would trade sideways and tank at the open, or it would bleed back the entire pre-market. And all those people that bought at the highs were sitting there like, early bird gets the worm, forget it. This is not right. The, the only early bird that gets the worm is the early bird that's fading those moves. They, they're getting the worms. As we learned this morning. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. But. Yeah, so Domino's Pizza, Joel doing that. It's been an interesting morning. The one other stock before we come back to earnings in a second, I do want to talk Walmart here as well because Walmart has indeed now is trading post-split. It has had its three-for-one stock split here. And wowzers, what did it do at 4 a.m.? Sometimes these things open right at the high at 4 a.m. too. Did it open at the high as well or no? No, not no. That this Where's the 4 a.m. chart? Oh, yeah. There we go. Did it? Did it? Bring um, it up. Let's see. Let's bring it up. Where was it at yep. 4 a.m.? <clears throat> it opened 58.90, high 59.01. Ah, uh, so it's right there. So, okay. Yeah, we can't pick right on the there. 4 a.m. traders yeah. for this one. A lot of times, if a stock was going post-split, I would wake up at that time too because people are like, don't even realize it's trading post-split and they might like throw out like an order to buy this thing at like, you know, a higher price, and obviously people are going to hit them on it. But all right, so it didn't. We won't pick on them too much. Are you sure it didn't open higher than that? That was it, eh? Well, that's disappointing. Oh, look at this fifty-nine. I love this fifty-nine, folks. Keep an eye on this if you're looking for the uh, post three-for-one split. You had the euphoria back at the beginning of last week. You had the break down to fifty-seven fifty. This is halfway back right here, fifty-nine bucks. 
that's your pre-market high. If you're looking at this thing to go back to 60 bucks, you better make sure you get a strong 59 bid off the open here. A lot of times stocks do fade after their splits. Maybe you get a couple days of consolidation. Yeah. A lot of retail earnings this week. So uh, a lot of people market. buying this into the split too. Um, I had a good closing trade, so I bought it on the close on Friday. Um, and again, I don't know if you can see the the Friday. Let me see. Yeah, let me go to let me go to. Yeah, I flipped out of it like after hours easily. So um, I don't know. Nope. Like I get confused on these charts here, Joel, still too, because uh, maybe you can blow it up. So I'm looking at the <laughs> chart on the left. Remember, I yep, I, right was, I wanted the one chart system, but everybody likes the three chart system. Yeah, so I bought the close, which is confusing now because it's got out of the three for one. So it was like a hundred and whatever the heck it was. But anyways, it traded up 30, 40 cents from the close. And it got down on the close too, which was a gift because I was buying LOC limit on close and then it actually gapped down on the close. Um, and then it, it ran back up and I was able to get out after hours. I didn't even have to take it through the split, but I don't mind taking it through the split. I just know historically the stocks tend to open higher on the day of the split. So, you know, so it would have worked out either way. If you bought that close, you're making money. If you bought the close, here's the close right here, which you're referring to on the 15 minute chart. This is the uh, 18 uh, would be the uh, what? No, it's 1800. So that was, yeah, you're four or you, that was six o'clock, but little week into the close. So keep an eye on Walmart today. Keep an eye on the $59 area. And that Walmart might be interesting if the consumer continues to weaken uh, I could see more and more people shopping at Walmart with that split out of the way. It'll be interesting to see how Walmart trades. Okay, uh, we got another earnings here. This is a Chinese EV leader ticker LI. This is oh. Lee Auto. All right, everyone's excited for this. Uh, EPS 30 cents beats the 29 cent estimate. Uh, sales 5.88 billion beats the 5.48 billion. Total deliveries for Q4 were 131,805 vehicles. That represents 184.6 year over year improvement. And they're expecting Q1 revenue 4.4 to 4.53 billion versus the 5.43 estimate so sorry about those similar numbers but looking like they're guiding under that estimate there vehicle deliveries 100 to 103,000. um wow big pop for Lee auto this one has bucked the trend um of ev makers and i don't know do they have traditional like are they making i don't know follow the company close enough so i'll ask the chat um i don't know if this is a pure ev play or not i've always had it in my ev stocks but you know again ev's done so poorly you got to be impressed with the outperformance here, even though the stock is down, you know, from where it was, you know, six months or a year ago. It's still so the EVs have just been murdered. So, I mean, Lee Auto has done something well. It makes me wonder if there's traditional like, you know, like gas guzzling cars in there, too. There's right, not. The chat, it looks like their lineup. Not. Yeah, their lineup, Dennis, is full EV. OK, because Howard's saying hybrids in there, too. I don't know. So hybrid has done well. Let me see. Let me. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I I don't know. I don't follow the company close at all. I hardly ever trade the stock. So I'm just curious because I'm just looking at the outperformance here. I look at a stock like Rivian or even Tesla that just cannot find its way at all. And then you look at Toyota, which yeah. is just on fire because of hybrid. I wonder if Lee Auto's got hybrid. In they there do. Too. They do. Sorry about they that. They do Confirm have hybrid. have hybrids. Yep. Okay. So this is the help. So what has been the trade? I was wrong on this trade. I got punished because I had those uh, lithium uh, stocks. Has been. The anti-EV movement. So, you know, Kathy, obviously very, very wrong. Again, um, it just hasn't worked. You know, EV hasn't worked. The cars are too expensive and people are just not jumping on. People are jumping on the hybrid bandwagon instead. 
which Toyota is all over. That's why Toyota TM continues to break out and make new highs. Lee Auto it's got some hybrid in there, so it's getting some love from that too. So it's like the hybrid stock. It's got some EV. It's got some hybrid. That's probably why the stock is holding up better. Um, but it seems like that's where the market is going more to hybrid as opposed to straight electric. So Lee Auto, good report. I'm not chasing anything. They're they're slinging some volume here. 2.2 million shares. So this is much different move than you had in these other ones. You got almost a 40 bucks, 39. Yeah. 89 is your uh, pre-market high. You're only a buck 40 away from there. So <laughs> excuse me. Uh, that fills a gap going back to the end of last year. So try and hold out for a 40 target here. Uh, it gets above 40. Make sure it sustains a 40 bid. Uh, the top of yesterday's range way down there at 35.74. Uh, and, uh, you know, they they probably have a really good accounting department too, Dennis. So, you know. We say that and we shouldn't say it, but again, right, they, they don't have gap accounting over in China. So general accepted accounting principles, I don't think are over there in China. So we'll leave it at that. You take the numbers at face value. These are unaudited numbers. They're not being audited by any Canadian companies. I don't believe. Maybe they do, or maybe, or U.S. companies. I don't believe, but, you know, we'll, we digress. <laughs> Lee also looks like it's got a double top right up around 48 if it keeps going there. But I'm with you, Joe. It's got to, Joel, it's got to maintain that 40 bit if it gets above here. Yeah. So a couple other stocks that reported this morning. Um, they're, they're small companies, so we're reaching a bit. We are going to get a lot of reports, and we'll do a little cloud preview here in a few minutes here. But there was a couple other one, Fresh Pet, which is one that a lot of people trade. FRPT is really ripping here this morning. And this is a huge move after a long long period of consolidation wow. we've been, been consolidating here which what feels like forever two months of basically just trading between 88 90 dollars and then it kind of broke out ahead of the report on friday well that breakout is continuing something fierce here this morning stock trading up 16 percent the bull market's still intact here because irrational exuberance all over the place well i don't know i, I don't follow the fresh pet story closely how are these earnings, Ryan? Do you have them in the pro? Yeah, sure do. Gap EPS of 31 cents beats the 27 cent estimate. Revenue of 215.4 million beats by 10.8 million. So it looks like they were looking for about 205 million there. So nice ah. beat, Ooh. nice beat, nice numbers. We'll throw it to our technical analyst, Mr. Al Conan, to give us some levels. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to tread softly here. I <laughs> will say uh, back at the end of April 2022, if you've been waiting to get out at that same price, you're almost right there right now. 107.82. That uh, coincides with the pre-market high. Dennis, is it bid at 107.50? Oh, yeah. Well, not it's, quite, but it's bid up solidly. Yeah, 105.01. Wow. This is thin, though, folks. Joel's making a good point. This is very thin trade. We're 105, 106, 107. We're basically two points wide right now. 105.05 for 2,000. That's a nice bid. 10750 for 1500 that's a nice offer. Not much in between. There's an odd lot. If you subscribe to ArcaBook, you can see the little odd lots and stuff. There's an odd lot bet at 10630. You won't see that on your regular feed. You got to pay extra for that. So I can see there's a little odd lot there. But in between, there's not really nothing. So, I mean, this is wide. This is thin. This is still, you would say, in price discovery mode. 
are they like a chewy or do they actually deliver they, pets or they make like they? fresh food joel that you store in a fridge so it's not like oh, kibble and it's like wet food that's man. supposed to be more real food for the dog they've got an outlet they got a little oh. cooler at costco they're in the grocery stores i uh, bet Paul's, you it's pricey i bet you it's pricey right it is it is it is definitely expensive i think the some of their competitors dog. do subscription services which is really annoying paul's asking here if they split at some point i don't have any split for this company yeah wow um He's chewy how's chewy doing i haven't looked at that they've been trading off this not even responding so i guess they don't <laughs> care what fresh pets reporting chewy has been the dog of all dogs you, you're not uh, kidding pun fully intended fun fully intended <laughs> um i i've not liked chewy for a long time you know that i've talked about the stock on the show stock is making new all-time lows i believe new all-time lows chewy so again it was all exciting during the tech, you know, during the big bubble of 2020, the COVID, you know, where we're all staying home and never going to go to a pet store again. They bought Chewy up to over $100 a share. Well, it's come down substantially. It's 16 bucks here now. A story is over here, folks. This long-term story. and It's going to be pops. It's going to be opportunities. But overall, I mean, I don't know. Maybe valuation has come down to a reasonable level, but it was always valuation here. Where is the P on Chewy here now? Let's just where, see because this that? is all. This is just a pet. Like, what's that, Joel? Who's the Joker that? Uh, when he's not a Ryan Joker. Cohen. Ryan Cohn. Yeah, uh, we haven't yeah, heard Ryan from him Cohen. in a while. Yeah, with like GameStop, Chewy. He left Chewy though. I believe. I don't know if he's done. I think he was way. I think, I think he started Chewy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he started it, but I think he's yeah. gone. I think he's out of Chewy. Like, like yeah. he, he, it, I believe he left Chewy a long time ago. I think so Didn't too. He? By the by the way, Dennis Pat? forward PE here of sixty four and a half. Oh, who's paying sixty four for dog food like company? Nope. I mean, this is what it was paying like, and, and it's PE, you know, on the current because it hardly makes money. It's five hundred thirty six. I mean, you just gotta like. Sometimes it's just about fundamentals, and that's why the stock is down from a hundred dollars to sixteen because it did never have the fundamentals to justify that price. You know, and it's not an AI company. They can say, oh, yeah, well, maybe unless they start coming up with food for the AI bot dog there over at Boston Dynamics, I'm not in. So sorry, Chewy, not for me. Yeah, I'll say this on Chewy. This one's, first of all, your your joke about the AI thing there. I know you were only half kidding, but the new line of Callaway golf clubs say that their driver has AI built into it. So maybe you're oh, not that really? far People off. It's unbelievable. It's uh, yeah, AI smoke is what it's called. They said they got the sweet spots on the face using Holy AI. <laughs> We've jumped the, the AI shark. Is in the clubs. <laughs> We've jumped the shark here. That's what I mean, man. I never even thought about that. <laughs> oh, I got to get an AI hockey stick. It'll yeah. just score goals. You just hold the stick there, and it just does all the work. That that's that would be incredible. <laughs> you know, I Chewy, never knew that, Ryan. So that's, that's it's new this year, Dennis. You're not that far behind. That's um, such valuable information. Man, I'm telling you, the AI baseball bat, you just there, you just hold it and it swings itself and hits a home run every time. Man, they're gonna be cheating with AI everywhere. It's gonna be tough to bet. You know, every single, you know, journeyman baseball player gets an AI bat and he's gonna look like Cecil Fielder just popping those home runs right out of there. He's gotta give the D some love. It's gonna be everywhere, Dennis. It's gonna be everywhere. Really quickly before we wrap it up on Chewy here. The la the yeah. thing that's tough for me is that I actually love this company. I use this company for my own uh, animals. I get the best price from this company, but man, the stock has been hurting. I've actually tried to trade this long a few times here uh, on the way back down at post-COVID. It just hasn't worked. So I love the company. Stock's no good. Really tough for me to actually trade that. Yeah, I'm just avoiding it. Is and I know I we talked Chewy a long time. We didn't talk Fresh Pet. Um, 
I, I don't follow the Fresh Pet story very closely. So who now who bought Callaway? Was it uh, it was B L Y, but it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, M O D G. Because I just look at a Cushnet Holdings. Holy mackerel! You talk about a seasonal trade. Look at that thing at all time yeah. high with the Masters coming up, and then uh, this is the one that bought the Callaway. M O D G chart, Joel. This one looks good too. Let's see. Look at Let's the see. M O D G chart. Chart. Same. Oh. Not, not highs, but hooking, consolidating. Um, yeah. Fell off here. I like this MOD. Writing it down. Yep. The yep. AI play. Like <laughs> here we right? go. Is, is it MODG for sure? Callaway bot or yeah? Yeah. Top, yep. Top, yep. Top golf yep. Callaway. Yeah. Even the name. Yep. You know what? The AI clubs. I mean, we already know this story, I guess, but maybe they're going to announce it again. Better AI in there. I like this chart. What's the valuation? Let's stop before we get too excited. MODG. <laughs> we go to our trusty Benzinga Pro. We want to make sure we're not paying 50 times earnings, and we are. <laughs> <laughs> the Ford PE is exactly 50. Oh, that was oh we got to do a little further research. Maybe the Ford PE is going to come down. I like the chart, though. Hey, Dennis, you're too hockey in there, man. How about my Red Wings? They're, They're going to make good. the playoffs. My Oilers are terrible. Are. I don't talk hockey anymore. Joel, I do. You're in luck. I do. Joel, did you watch that game last I night? I did. I did. I Patrick Kane, holy mackerel. Showtime, baby. Look, as as a Hawks fan, first of all, the Chelios ceremony was awesome. To have Kane come back here and score in OT, you literally couldn't have even wrote that better. Honestly, I think there were more people in the Chicago stands cheering from him. Amazing oh, game. Oh, he came out. He came out after he scored the winning yeah. goal in overtime on a breakaway. Okay, and there was a ton of Detroit people there. Detroit's traveling well. Uh, and then he came out. He was the last one to leave the ice. Then he came back on the ice. And I mean, I know that the Blackhawks, do they, uh, you know, the Blackhawks fans can be vicious. Do they still just uh, just like have this outrageous cheer during the national anthem? Yeah, because the soloist, because the soloist Jim Cornelison has some of the most golden pipes you've ever heard. It is actually a sight to be seen if you've never been to a Black you ever Hats heard game about in that, Chicago. Dennis? No, I, I've seen, yeah, because I watched yeah. the box game. Yeah. So. Okay, sorry. I didn't know the story behind no, it. No problem. By the way, just one more thing to mention. Three standing ovations when they played that Kane tribute. It was something else. And I cashed my parlay, so we're having a good morning. Yeah, well, Patrick Kane, just an unbelievable hockey player for a very yeah. long period of time. And, you know, Detroit's got him, you know, and, and you know, he's still got some game. In. I mean, they, I don't think it's a coincidence, you know, that Detroit's doing better. And they've got a few players. You know, they're kind of rebuilding the Blackhawks there, obviously. But, you know, good for the D. You know, we like, you know, Lions go almost to the Super Bowl. Detroit Red Wings might make the hockey playoffs for the first time in seven years. So the D is back with Tigers. I don't know what the Tigers not not yet. Anyway, Kane, Kane, a point, Kane, a point per game player. Dennis, or excuse me, Joel, let's bring this back to the market here. We've got some earnings coming up later tonight. Go. Okay, let's go. Uh, yeah, later tonight. I think the biggest one on deck for today is going to be Workday. That's, of course, ticker W Day here. Um, this is not one that I trade, but this is going to kick off our cloud earnings, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, we got Workday tonight, and obviously, you know, all these companies seem to have come from CRM. The CRM, the, the mother of all cloud, is coming Wednesday night. But yeah, tonight we're going to get Workday. That's the highlight. We're also going to get Zoom and Unity. Yeah. Um, I've got highlighted as well. Checks if you follow that. But cloud stock, this is cloud week, folks. We're going to have a lot of cloud stocks reporting Workday tonight. 
on Tuesday, while Splunkin uh, is now um, obviously um, being taken over, so it's not going to move much. Amba on Tuesday night. Wednesday, though, holy. Snowflake, CRM, Okta, Nutanix. Thursday, Viva Systems. We're going to get Zscaler, too, so a little cybersecurity throw at you there. Autodesk. I mean, this is a lot of the biggest cloud names reporting. And I, I always call this week Cloud Week. So earnings season never ends. And no, Joel's it- on mute. He's got to do it once in a while, just once in a while. It's been a while, though, so we'll give him a break. Work thought... day. It's work day. I did that on purpose. I know we didn't hear it because you were on mute. So but say no, it again. I... You don't see the, the commercial. The work day commercial where the guy's on mute. Joe, I got it. I thought that joke was great. Yeah. I didn't hear it because he was on mute. But the lettuce, that's the joke. Oh, I didn't know. You're right. Holy, it's the commercial. I should know because CNBC plays the 10 commercials. That's a, I haven't played that one in a while, though. I forgot all about that. You're right. right for once. I would have just about died if he came off mute and said, work day. That would have been work something else. Day. I forgot all about that commercial. The only commercial on CNBC now right now is that uh, get the new shower and bath commercial, which is on relentlessly there. What, it, what, what is, is it? the commercial? It's on nonstop. Like after four o'clock. It's that shower and bath, like a uh, new shower. I forget the name of the company. It's the bathroom oh, remodel with the, with bathroom the one woman remodel. from the housing show. Yeah, It's I on know. like every commercial. There's like every five other commercial. commercial. Like every one. Every other commercial. Every other commercial. It's like, oh, here I am again. I'm going to sell you the new shower and bath. So Workday has been chumped. They must really be paying a lot in advertising because that commercial's on nonstop. Uh, another earnings that's coming out. I, I just want to discuss this stock because it's just been in just on the road to zero. See, I robot tennis. I mean, no. look they, at this they, thing. They they sentenced this company to doom when they didn't when they didn't allow Amazon to buy them at sixty four or fifty one or whatever yeah. it was. It was basically sentenced to doom. The deal is officially dead. Now it's on its own fundamentals and they're burning cash. We got Shark Ninja eating their lunch. <laughs> Problems in a and, and you know what? This company was positioned so well, Joel. Like iRobot. They got the vacuum cleaner that runs itself. You know, they were they could have totally ran with this AI theme, you know, been ahead of it all. So I don't know what happened, but um, you know, they could have just iRobot should be the humanoid company. You know what's going to happen is me some some company if this ever went off the board they'd be grabbing this uh, name of this company iRobot for the humanoids but uh they you know I I think they need it needs to find some type of turnaround because you know the Roomba is just not going to do it for them they need to find something else I know they were working on the lawnmower system they've been trying to work on some other stuff they need to stop being a one trick pony here and Amazon isn't going to bail them out now Yeah I mean a robot with swirling blades they that does tonight too stuff. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, I forgot. They report tonight. What did you ask, Ryan? Sorry. I was going to say, I'm not sure I want a robot lawnmower, a robot that's got all types of swirling blades that does it itself. Sounds like that's a a disaster waiting to happen right there. Uh, Yeah, I just envision like to kind of come up from the ground. But you have to have like some flashes of lawn mowing in progress. The kids aren't playing out there and the lawn blades come up. And I don't know. It's not going to be like that, but. I, I think they do they have that product? Does anybody know if they ever did come out? They were talking about the lawnmower for a long time. I don't that think that's actually enough. been released. I, I, I would be frightened if that actually got released. Let that little blade thing go. Squirrel, get out of the way. We're coming through. All right. We have a special guest. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get to it.
Luke Luke Jacoby from World Headquarters down in the Motor City. Luke, how was your trip to California? Oh, man, it's beautiful. It's crazy what a little bit of sunshine will do. When you go four months without sun touching your skin, I mean, it is oh, yeah. amazing <laughs> what 24 hours of sun will do for you. It's why we always get sick. It's why my kids are sick all the time. They get no bloody sunshine. I have to give them vitamin D pills, but it doesn't work as well as the sun. You go down to Florida for a week, and all of a sudden their colds go away, the sniffles go away. I'm like, holy cow, we live up here where we don't see the sun for four months, like you're saying. You feel like hell. You go down there for a week or just a few, even a few days, like you said, Luke, and you feel so much better. Get that sunshine in you. Yeah, and you're not grumpy anymore. It's great. And you're not grumpy. Oh, no, no, no. oh, I'm he's grumpy done. all the time because I don't see the away. sun. Dennis is always grumpy. But for y'all that don't know, this is Luke Jacoby. And he is the director of operations here at Benzinga. Um, he's Dennis and I's boss, man. And he, does he yell at us and ride us? And, <laughs> and he is just a tough guy. But uh, he has a big job over there at Benzinga running things. Uh, first of all, Luke, um, anything new? You want to talk about the conference at all? Or anything new going on at Benzinga? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll call out a couple things. Um, you know, I was just back from the canna- cannabis investing event we held in California. It's the first time we'd ever done it out there. Totally sold out, like beyond fire marshal, had to keep people outside. Um, and it's the first time we've seen that much interest in the cannabis investing space in a while. Um, you know, we, we've held the steady drumbeat for these cannabis stocks. Uh, you know, but anecdotally, the demand that we saw last week was significant um you know i don't think it's time that we can say like okay we're all going all in on cannabis stocks yet but it was enough that i want to take a pause and take a look at some of these names and figure out who's actually cash flow positive who has decent financing because i mean the the interest was certainly there and it was close to the glory days i would say there's a good point here you're making, Luke, because obviously these companies, a lot of them were in a bubble back in 2021, you know, and the bubble burst. But I mean, sometimes, you know, you think even about, you know, the tech bubble burst back to 2000 and 2001 and 2002. And, you know, Amazon eventually emerged from that, you know. So who's going to be, you know, the, the that's, the, I guess, the question, who's going to be the big cannabis company that's going to emerge from this? You know, we're not putting you in the prediction business, but they could be, you know, one or two that, you know, diamonds in the rough here. So, because it was, it has been a rough time for cannabis here for a while here, but maybe we're emerging from some of that. Maybe some of these companies are going to, you know, be, you know, good buys here long-term. Like I don't follow the, you know, as closely as, you know, some of the other, some of you guys do, but, you know, is there some, some, some companies are looking like they're going to cash flow positive here? Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there are names that, that are in okay positions. And like, there's also some of the SaaS plays, like some of the auxiliary players, um, you know, I, I saw Joel pull up MSOS, uh, yeah. ETF, um, you know, ETF is up about 50% over the course of the past year. Um, it's still way off of highs. Um, you know, if you zoom out to like a five-year chart, or maybe we're looking at monthly candles or something along those lines, 55. it still looks rough. Um, yeah. But on a shorter, shorter time horizon, uh, you know, it, it, there's some energy there. Luke, do you get the impression that the current interest rate environment is having any impact at all on the cannabis space, whether it be for new companies or companies merging or getting a product to market? 
the there there was no conversation of that. And again, I just spent okay. two days with cannabis executives, cannabis investors, talking about about uh, uh, you know where their businesses are headed and what they need. Uh, interest rates weren't weren't a talking point like I would expect that they would be in a lot of other industries. Um, it, it was all about the federal regulation, and has been for a number of years now. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Uh, for for those who don't know. It's sort of nuts. The uh, if you're in the cannabis business, you're taxed on your revenue, not your profit or net income. How's that work? Yeah, that's why. That's <laughs> yeah. why these businesses struggle. <laughs> well, that sounds craziness. It is crazy. It's uh, uh it's federally contraband good. Um, it's the same law they would use to take down all the old the gangsters, like when they go down for tax evasion because they can't get them for anything else. Uh, it's, it's the same law. Um, and so basically it's, uh, because whenever you're selling a federally, uh, banned good or like federal contraband, you legally have to pay tax on that good off of your revenue rather than off your net income. Holy. So tough for all these companies. Yeah. That's makes it tougher there too. What are like some of, so MSOS, tell us about like what, what, what companies does this hold? an ETF, like, you know, what are the, some of the companies and what, what were some, some of the companies that are out there? Like the- um, so, so we get the pretty much all of the publicly traded market cap. Um, uh, I think we, we said at our last event, I don't know the numbers for the California one, but last event, we had 98% of the publicly traded market cap uh, represented. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's the names like, like Kiraleaf, Verano, Green yeah. Thumb, you know, all, all of those, those bigger ones, Cresco. Do the Canadian ones, do the Canadian ones come down there at all anymore? Some of the Canadian ones? Yeah. Yeah. Be, be, because they, uh, uh, they have the OTC some tickers as well. Okay. Right. The vast yeah. majority do. I'm actually going up to Canada next, this time next week, Dennis, I'll be, uh, in Toronto. For a mining conference, my backyard. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on uh, from the the marijuana sector here, Luke, and uh, just talk overall markets here. Now, when I was down at the world headquarters uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, a couple things in the market. Uh, one thing was, is man, are you still in love with the small caps? Are you waiting for that breakout, or are you, are you being patient, or is it just taking too long? I'm being patient. So I, I am, in fact, overweight small caps. It has not been the right place to be overweight. Uh, the, the thesis is that, that this recent market rally that we have is so top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the mega, mega cap stocks that are carrying this market rally. Yeah. And, and there's all the value is getting squeezed out of those big names. And so the thesis is that investors are going to have to move down in market capitalization. Uh, and that's where I'm now overweight. A lot of these mid caps and a lot of these small caps haven't seen that thesis come to fruition yet. Um, but, but that's the idea. And I'm, I'm holding long and strong. I think Luke, you're in the right spot here. I just want to add to this because what's going, what I believe is going to happen here is once interest rates do indeed start getting cut, so we don't want to be too early here, but I feel like in the next month or two, people are going to start talking about this more because they're going to start talking about a May cut or a June cut. And IWM is a TLT play. And you start seeing the TLT. And I think there's a buy in the TLT here as well. I think the TLT is bottomed here again. 
So, you know, I like the candle on Friday. TLT had a nice rally, a little bit of follow through here today. But there's so many companies, smaller companies that need cheaper capital because a lot of these companies, like to your point, aren't, you know, just, you know, printing money like some of the mega cap stocks were. And the valuations are suppressed here because interest rates have been higher. So if interest rates do indeed start going down, IWM is probably going to start to outperform. And maybe some of that money does come out of that. So I think there is a trade here to start maybe ringing in the register on some of this, you know, the high mega cap stock stuff and start moving some of that money, not all of it, but some of it maybe into the IWM. So I'm with you, Luke. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I am too, Luke, to your point about the market being top heavy. I mean, you look at the MAG7 names like Apple, Google, Meta, Microsoft, Netflix, NVIDIA, Tesla, they represent an $11.74 trillion market cap on just those seven stocks. So if we get any type of pullback in that sector, or if we get any type of talk of an interest rate cut, I don't even think you need the cut. Just talk of the cut. Maybe you'll get some rotation into IWM. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you make a great point, Dennis. The small caps are so much more sensitive to, to the rate cuts. Everybody talks about the uh, the tech names, right? Tech is going to go crazy when, when rates cut. Uh, small caps are in that exact same boat, and I would say even more sensitive. I think so. Uh, what What is the TLT play, Dennis, that you're mentioning? Well, I'm just saying because that's obviously your your proxy for interest rates and long-term rates. So if TLT starts to rally, I mean, long-term rates are going down because the Fed controls the short end, but they don't control the long end. And long-term rates, you know, have been going higher here over the course of the last few, you know, six to eight, six to eight weeks. And that's probably kept the IWM down, holding it down. But if TLT actually starts to turn around a rally, meaning long-term rates start going down, then it's like green light go for some of this IWM. And I like the consolidation that the IWM is going under. I recently did add a little bit of IWM um, into my wife's uh, registered long-term uh, investing account. I'm thinking about adding some of the IWM back into my own too. I I'd sold some of it out right around this price, but I, I think we're almost to an environment where it's starting to get, feels like it's going to start to get a safer play. The only wild card is if inflation ticks higher. Because if inflation yep. starts to tick higher, then the Fed pushes interest rate cuts back further, and then this whole IWM trade falls apart. So basically, IWM is a play on that interest rate or that inflation is peaked, and you don't want to see inflation start ticking back higher. That's the risk with IWM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, again, keep in mind where the rally's been to, right? The the rate cuts certainly help. But again, it's going to come to a point where investors and funds can't keep buying the mega, mega cap names anymore. But they're going to have to move down in, in market capitalization. Like, are, are we at the point where, where you can't justify buying some of these names anymore? No, I don't think so. You know, the trend is your friend. You have the momentum. But we're going to get to a point where you can't justify adding more and more and more into these same positions. And you're going to have to move down. Going yeah, like, with I mean, that, NVIDIA's I... run, you know, NVIDIA's obviously up substantially. And I've been saying, I think there's room to a thousand, but let's say it gets to it. At a certain point in time, this evaluation, you know, it's fully valued. I mean, you know, Microsoft is maybe seeing that to a certain extent. It's kind of, you know, feeling a little more exhausted here. But I, I, to your point, like you just can't keep piling in on the same seven stocks. I do believe there's going to be a catch-up trade here. Again, you know, so I'm kind of with you, but watch that inflation data. Joel, you were going to ask something. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, well, two things here. Uh, Luke, you're taking uh, also 
with that trade of the IWM. I know you you're taking a look at that spider 480 puts for a while, and uh, as a hedge against that, are the are the premium? Uh, how far out did you go on that? And uh, did we talked about you maybe selling some other options against it to to limit the pain? But uh, how far out are you looking on that uh, spy 480 put hedge? I'm out to to mid April. Monthly is in April. Um, and, and yeah, the, the trade was, and the thesis was by Spidey puts, it was, they're so cheap for the notional value that, that you can hedge away. Um, mm -hmm. and it was that we had great earnings. The market started getting top heavy. And then we had a couple days where the market was moving up, but a lot of these big names didn't, um, and said, okay, let's, let's put a little protection on here in case this is a, a sign for worse to come. And so far. We've been cooking. So All right. So, so far, also, you talked about a long-term meta trade that you had that you just you just couldn't take it anymore. And uh, talk about that meta setup you have and uh, what would it take to get you back into it? So, as a meta buyer, I bought a lot of the, the big tech names in 2022 um, amid the sell-off. So, as, as a meta buyer, I was a Netflix buyer, HubSpot. Uh, several of these tech names back in 2022 uh, when all these names fell out of favor. I mean, I, it, if you all recall, I mean, Meadow was so out of favor. Uh, I mean, it was like, like uh, this, like the stock was down, what, 70% off of its high. Let me just check. Down 78% off of its high from 2021 to 2022. And it's yeah. a crazy, crazy, uh, moving meadows out of favor. And I was buying, buying back there. Um, uh, I held on for about a year and a half. It was about 160% run in meta wow. after earnings. And it started to give up some ground after earnings for a couple days. I said, all right, I made it. The, the trade is, it's been enough. I don't want to be the asshole who wrote this all the way up and gives it back. It was the biggest, it was the biggest single stock position I'd ever bought ever in my life. But I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't, you know, watch this slide all the way back down to, you know, half of what it is. So you ring the register on it at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Let's out. Go. No, but it's still going. You know, I, like it's <laughs> the definitely up. the bull market. They keep going, and you regret the sales. <laughs> yeah, I can I do not regret it. It, it was right. like a great trade. Let it let it stand. All awesome. right, Luke. Any anything before we let you go here? Anything that uh, you want to alert our uh, subscribers here to? Uh, what's going on at Benzinga? Yeah, uh, I'll say this: we we have some very neat developments happening in Benzinga Pro right now. O over the next week, I'm not going to say what, but over the next week, you will have something very exciting coming out in Benzinga Pro. So if you go to Benzinga, P-R-O, BenzingaPro.com, there's a free two-week trial. You can start there. There's no reason not to do it. It's free. You don't need to put it in your credit card or anything like that. Just go ahead and check it out. Totally right. support that. To really yep. quickly, totally support that. I know what Luke's talking about, but in this industry, we call that a tease, so I'm not going to spoil it. Luke, very much appreciate it. Looking forward to that. If you have not tried out Benzinga Pro, go start your trial. It's easy to use and get to trade along with us. Thanks, Luke. We'll talk to you again soon.
Thank you, guys. Talk soon. All right, Dennis, we got a rally going on this morning here. Uh, what, do you, what do you see? Did you get some buy-in uh, balances here? No, no, it's not, no? but it's by the dip, um, and it's in tech. And the tech is very clear. NVIDIA is bouncing $8 here. Micron's having a great day. I didn't uh, look. There's probably news on that. It's up $3.60 wow. here. Um, How about yeah. Pan W, boys? How about Pan W? Pan W. Look, look at our own Ryan Faluna here with the call. He talked about this stock here on Friday. It has continued and it has come back. Three-day rule comes in, and now this stock's green light go here, getting into this gap area. I think dips to be bought here, at least from a trading perspective. Up another six bucks. Good call, Ryan Faluna. Yeah, take- so much. Yep, so much for it staying down and giving you the consolidation here, Ryan. We talked about this. You talked about you know leaning on the two hundred day. Uh, we talked about potentially if it got into that gap area, we're like. Well, not necessarily you have to go long, but if it starts to get in that gap area and you can see in here, you know, where's the level? I mean, I can't tell you this thing's going to go back and fill the gap at 360, but man, you know, there's people hoping that it goes back up and fills that gap at 360. Uh, But S&P's back above 5,100. That all-time closing high is real close to our current high for the day, 5,100. 07.75 uh did we did we cover all of our earnings after the close i know we talked about workday uh what else do we got coming up after the close yeah so after uh, the close today workday unity and zoom so i don't think we talked about zoom or unity does anyone care about unity anymore i feel like that was... i don't know this was my one of my best trades of the year where i had in early so so again when they did those layoffs and not that i made a lot of money in unity but what i moved it into so i had unity i had it for a while i had been a dog it broke out through 40 i was like oh here's it's time and then they came out and they announced those significant layoffs and i'm like well there's sometimes layoffs you know cost cutting is good but it was so significant it makes me just feel like there's problems more problems here and i sold all of my unity i believe at 39 dollars, and i moved all of that money into nvidia so i took i was like and i even tweeted that day i took my unity money it was like january like the third or the fourth like right at the beginning of the year and i had already had nvidia but i bought more nvidia so i took the unity money and i put it more into nvidia and i think i bought nvidia on the breakout like 512 maybe um and i've still got that uh position on so that was obviously you know you know up 40 percent, i think on something like that and unity i would have been down about 30 percent, you know because it's fallen like eight or nine dollars since that 30 so, so it was a good flip. I wish they could all work out like that. Unity's straight down since I sold it. NVIDIA's straight up since I bought it. All right. So that's how much I care about Unity. Zoom? <laughs> you probably even care less about Zoom. Yeah. You know what, though, Zoom is so depressed. Its valuation has been actually not crazy anymore. Like, this used to be, you know, as COVID times, its valuation was just ridiculous. But the P is cheap on this thing. It's 13 times forward earnings. Um, again, their problem is the one trick pony. They only got the one trick competition has come from everywhere. We used to use zoom. We moved to Streamyard. People are using the Microsoft product. People are using the Cisco product. People are using all kinds of different, you know, obviously products here. Competition just intense here. Now that's the problem for zoom. They need to come up with something else. And I think it's hard to get real bullish here until they do. So I don't know. I'm kind of wishy-washy on this report. No position. Uh, it usually is pretty volatile uh, after, you know, after it's, you know, it has good pops. And then a lot of times those pops are faded. So if you're trading this after hours and you're looking for a potential target, uh, there's three highs right at the $66 area. 
And then you got a gap fill at 67-14. Is Kathy still hanging around in this one? Oh, yeah. She oh, yeah. Sell it a loss. She's the most, she's the, like, what, what did Kramer call her? The, the best average downer of average downers. <laughs> she just buys more and buys more and buys more and hopes the story turns around, doesn't turn into a zero. I don't think Zoom is a zero, though. But she's still in this thing. Where what is it on her holdings? There, do you have it in front of you, Ryan? I, I don't. I don't have her holdings in front. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I'm. Yep. I'm with. First of all, that's not a title I want. And uh, looking at the <laughs> zoom average downer of average. Yeah, downer. I don't want that title. <laughs> looking at the uh, looking they at the chart here, one. actually, some pretty decent support at sixty. It's her sixth largest holding, seventh largest holding in the main core arc portfolio. Largest holding is now Coinbase in ARKK. Then it's Tesla, Square, Roku, CRISPR, UiPath, Zoom, Roblox, Hood, and Unity. There's Unity. She likes her uh, storied little um, non-making uh, tech stocks, non-making money. All right. You know, you Dennis, you mentioned that we're having a cloud week here. We're also having a retail week here. Uh, yep. We start with AutoZone tomorrow. Um, yep. We also have Macy's and Lowe's tomorrow morning. So I'm sure we're going to yep. talk about those reports when we get on here. Uh, but looking at that, that starts. And then th th later on through the week, we're going to have eBay tomorrow night. Um, and then uh, Hewlett Packard on Wednesday night. So we also have some retail earnings, Dell on Friday. And some of the retail stocks have been doing better here. This Macy's report is going to be very interesting. Indeed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it runs up into it today. It's not, you know, to, I don't know position here uh, right now. And I've been trading some of the tech stocks ahead of the earnings, but it's in a long period of consolidation here. There's going to be, you know, still talk, you know, there was talk about an acquisition here because yep. of all the real estate right value here. and stuff. So that gives you a little bit of, that gives you a little bit of support probably if the stock gets hit on the report where maybe, you know, people come in and if they, it gives you kind of a wild card to maybe trade it. I'm somewhat interested in owning this into the report. I don't think I'll do it, but it's interesting. It's an interesting setup. Well, the takeover area was right at 21 and from private equity and yep. it went right to that on that day. It actually peaked at 21, 24 and actually came down and filled the gap. That's pretty rare. 1745 was the top of the gap area. And then it came down to 17.14 and just one day, just gave you one shot there. Now back up, 20, well, as I said, 21.24 has been the high of the recent move. And 20.77 uh, is the closing high of the move. Take a look at Lowe's. I know Home Depot, wow, get rid of this retracement here because that's no longer relevant. I know Lowe's, is, uh, Home Depot's had some declining revenues over the last couple quarters, but Lowe's, it, doesn't Home Depot report and then Lowe's reports? Didn't yeah, it used to be that way? Other, way? other way around. It's Home, Home Depot. Okay. Reported. okay. All right. And all and right. That, yep. That was from about a week and a half ago. Got okay. bought on Home Depot. And Lowe's is now running into the report here too. So market tends to forget that Home Depot report wasn't great here. So uh, I, I'm more concerned on the Lowe's report, actually. So I, I, I kind of like Macy's going in. I don't like Lowe's going in. But again, we're not in the earnings prediction business. I rarely take, you know, a position the trade. Report. Yep. You know, yeah, long-term holdings, sure. But, you know, I, I, rarely, I have to be really convicted to actually put a position on to go into earnings. Sometimes I do. You know, I really got to feel like I think, you know, they're buying these stocks. And, you know, there's been a play, you know, to maybe buy some stocks ahead because they were just buying all dips. But... Um, I'm somewhat concerned about the lows and I'm kind of intrigued by the Macy's. And you right know, you, 
you, you really don't even have to play the EPFs if you're wake, waking up at four and trading the uh, reaction to them, Dennis. So well, there you go. Exactly. That's right. Just fade them all in the morning. Who cares? Fade them all in the morning. <laughs> not, not always. You know, it depends. Don't fade that SMCI. Don't fade that oh. SMCI. Those <laughs> SMCI traders at four in the morning, maybe we're getting handed it to them. <laughs> so you got to pick your poison a bet at 4 a.m. All we right. Got one minute left here. Yeah. What um, do we got coming up tomorrow? Yeah, so again, you know, tomorrow night we talk about Workday and stuff and some of the earnings coming up here too. Uh, who's the guest here, Joel, coming on tomorrow? Tomorrow we got, it's T3 Tuesday. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. So uh, I don't think we've got our speaker yet. We had Red Dog on, uh, I believe, last week. So well, I wasn't They're actually here last week. So uh, yeah, it'll be uh, T3 Tuesday. Uh, just one, uh, before we close things out, Dennis, uh, you know, talk about buying stocks ahead of the report. You know what reports after the close tomorrow? Norwegian. Uh, well, no, that's in the morning. That's yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah. First solar. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Low bar, high bar, no bar. What it's you always, you know, first solar. And again, we're pulling back here. ENPH got the lift, which I felt it wasn't even that great of a report, but they lifted it anyways just because it was seller exhaustion on it. We saw SEDG last week yep. just not having any of it, though. They reported disappointing. They just hit it farther. So you kind of mixed here. First solar has kind of been best of breed in the solar, where some of them have really been killed. It hasn't been killed that bad. I don't know what to think about the first solar report. Um, you got some support down here, 135 to 136. Uh, but again, doesn't report till tomorrow night, so we do get one more session in here yet. Um, I'm staying away from this one, I think. Yeah, and that, those solar stocks, that has everything to do with the interest rates. Interest rates not in favor on those solar, solar stocks. For me, Dennis, no, everything. That- yeah, that is that, no touch too. Yeah, and that's the play. I mean, that has been the play. It has been very important too, you know, from from an interest rate perspective. That is what has killed. You think the IWN has been killed by interest rates? Solar has yeah. been murdered, murdered by interest rates. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing I just wanted to add before I go as well. Um, obviously, it's 9 o'clock here. Berkshire Hathaway, huge buy imbalance for them at this time of day, 50,000 shares. So it does have a big buy imbalance here, folks. So if Burke gives me another shot and opens over 430 i would probably short it again the open just telling you how i day trade i have no position i did short it a little bit this morning covered the short because i feel like 425 is just kind of 426 427 that seems not a little more reasonable 440 did not seem reasonable but if for whatever reason burke decides to open over 430 i think i might try the short side on this again which it will not it, well, you never know so <laughs> it's all just set up so which it will not joel saying he's saying no no to 430 <laughs> uh, there's okay. some orders in the book here i mean this thing does trade some halfway decent volume and the all-time high was made friday at 420 56 so there's probably a few shares in there but uh ryan uh great job over the last three days uh we didn't miss a step here so uh great having you we're gonna have to work you into the rotation Hey, I really appreciate it. And really quickly, shout out to Kenny Glick because the one intro that I did miss, he actually made up his own, which is just as enjoyable. So shout out to that for for last week. But guys, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, We're keeping the seat warm for AB. I will be available. This will not be the last time that you see me on pre-market prep. But don't forget, stick around because coming up in just a few minutes, we've got live trading with myself and 13. We're looking to actually trade some of these names when the market opens. It was a good start to the week, folks. Good start to the week. All right. That is it for pre-market prep. Join us tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.